Hello, Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 403. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, a.k.a. Agent of Destruction. Fweep, fweep, fweep. It's Comic-Con. Death Battle. Happy Comic-Con, everybody. Happy Comic-Con. Yeah, if you're listening to this, like right when we release it, Lorraine and I are likely wowing the crowds at Comic-Con International San Diego. Wow. That's what they're all going to say. They're all, uh, what's his name? The Owen? Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson! I thought the Owen was the last name. No. Yeah, there's a, a, a super cut of all the times Owen Wilson goes, wow. Yeah, that's, that's real it. good. And you can catch all the action at marvel.com slash SDCC 2019. We have daily live streams, photos, news, videos, and more. Of course, last week's episode was our big preview, so be sure to go back to that if you need smooth listening audio details. The words are out of order, but I don't care. Wow. 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 Um, (laughs) We've also got a regular episode this week, plus small Comic-Con special episodes every mother flippin' day. That is content. Yeah. So this episode may be a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. but you're then getting four bonus episodes. Yes. Yes. We're going to be giving them to you right on the Comic-Con floor. Our feet are going to be sticking to the Comic-Con floor while we talk to you and we hang out with Triple P and all the ham that you guys are going to bring her. Ew, she's gonna... rubbing ham on her teeth right now. That was so <laughs> gross. Yeah. She brushes her teeth with ham. Ugh. And remember, if you see us on the con floor and you tell us Triple P hates ham or Triple P loves ham, we don't care. No, I want her to only loves ham. Only loves ham? Yeah. All right. You have to tell Ryan that Triple P loves ham and then you might get something. Yeah. And then if if she's close by, she'll be the woman scowling at you. Yeah. (laughs) If you really want my undying, like, admiration, bring Triple P a ham. Yeah. Fully glazed and like all the the, the trimmings. Covered yeah. in pineapple. Mm. Just steaming in juice. Yep. Come on, greasy hams. Yeah, juice them hams and come to Comic-Con. Uh, or just, you know, <laughs> grease the ham and watch from home. We're, we're going to have so much fun stuff. You know, actually, by the time you're listening to this, the first of the minis will already be in the feed. Fully hammed up for you. Yeah, we're going ham. Yes, we are. Um, But before Comic-Con even hit, we had some big news drops, specifically the announcement of a new Marvel show coming to Disney+. Plus. Yes, and that is Marvel's Storyboards, and we announced that early in the week. Uh, We'll give you a little bit of detail straight from the press release on Marvel.com. Marvel Storyboards is the third Marvel New Media series to head to Disney+. Plus. Obviously, we've already announced Marvel 616 and Marvel's Hero Project, but this 12-episode nonfiction original series will follow Joe Quesada, Marvel's chief creative officer, as he explores the origin stories and creative drives of storytellers of all mediums, backgrounds, and experiences. Guests include Robert Lopez, you may know from Book of Mormon, Avenue Q. Frozen, right? Sure. Didn't he do some Frozen? Yeah. I think. Hugh Jackman, of course, we know as Wolverine, Johnny Weir, and more. We've got some stills from the different episodes, and it's like Joe cross-country skiing and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, Each episode is going to span 10 to 15 minutes, and we'll dive into each visionary's relationship with Marvel, as well as a personal account of how they overcame a personal or professional hurdle. There's more info. Joe did a big uh, interview with Wired, which you can check out. But, uh, yeah, we're rocking and rolling here. Yeah, I enjoyed that he talked about... 
in that article how he got into some different stuff that the other people do all the time, one of which was walking up a mountain in snow and he face-planted in the snow. So Joe has really put it all out there. Yeah, as well you should. Um, but but what about cool. our interview, Ryan? Lorraine, it's with... House of X and Powers of Ten writer Jonathan Hickman. Fui, fui, fui. indeed. So House of X number one releases in just a few days, June 24th, and it rules so, so hard. Oh, my God. It is so good. One of my favorite issues of the year. It lives up to all the hype. It is fantastic. You should take it. You should read it. I asked for it. And they told me no, so I will go right to your desk where it is free, free, free. Yes. Free, free, free. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, All right, so we hope you enjoyed that chat. But now on to things we're hyped about this week, comma, including news. How about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? The Black Order is out now exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Ryan's copy is not yet in his hands. Lorraine's copy is not yet in her hands because she's ready to switch it up on her Nintendo Switch. But... We're sad. We're sad. We're angry. We we need it. We're upset. What are they? They expect us to work the week that a new game comes out. Filthy. It's disgusting. Outrage. Yeah. I hate this more than Triple P hates ham. Wow. I don't know about that. That's tough. <laughs> um, the game is super fun, and it's going to be huge to play with friends. When we get our copies, we'll provide our friend codes and maybe uh, set some time to play. So stay tuned for that. You can go to. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3.nintendo.com to watch trailers, see gameplay, get tips, see all the heroes and the villains, and order your copy, duh. <laughs> doi. A doi. Uh, earlier this week, uh, in another bit of hype, we found out that Absolute Carnage is getting extended. Extended. Uh, we're adding an issue number five plus we have a new cover for Absolute Carnage number four it's all up on the website Uh, it's of course Absolute Carnage is by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman and so number five is coming this November and uh, it's just it's gonna be big like the story was so big so intense so cool that we had to add another issue that's kind of the best possible situation I remember this happened with Secret Wars a couple years ago like Jonathan and and the team and Asa, they were like, we need more comic. And we gave them more comic and it was better because we gave them more comic. Like you want the best comics to just, great, you need more? Here's more. I always think that's the best kind of story is one that is just right. Like Baby Bear Porch. Yeah, Baby Bear Porch. Yeah, you get it. All right. Um, As part of Ryan's June travels, you stopped by Marvel Studios, right? I did. And you got to do a cool piece for Ursmightyus show. Ursmightyus show. Oh, you know that. Rem- that reminds me, um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. We also had a special piece for EMS that has five tips that we got from the games team. Wow. So wow. Wow. Check that out. Yeah. But what 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 happened with the Marvel Studios? Tell uh, me everything. So the first piece was just released for EMS. It's a cool look at the 3D process for Spider-Man with Evan Jacobs, who's the 3D stereoscopic supervisor for the film. And it was, I mean, you, I'm sure you've been in that room and, and oh, done yeah. one of those before, but. It's, it's great because it's this cool screening room uh, and like you just got to watch movies in 3D all day and you watch the team like fine tuning and finding the ways. And it's not just like slapping like press the 3D button. It's a really cool process, especially this team. They take a ton of care and thought into how they create the 3D. You know, the thing that was so interesting to me, I actually got to do a little pre-interview with them and they were talking about how 
you would never lose something like leave a coffee cup in the middle of a frame because they have to rotoscope every piece of the frame so they see anything. If somebody left a coin on the table, they would be able to digitally remove it and fix it uh, because that is how intensively they look at every single thing. It's yeah, so crazy. And, and rotoscoping is the like drawing over the image and there's rotoscopic animation. And if you've seen a Ralph Bakshi animated film, like think of that in terms of animation, but then taking that process and using it for the 3D conversion. It's it's really neat. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the October previews video episode of Marvel's The Pull List was released this week. If you don't know, comic shops order their comics via a previews catalog about three months before the comics are released. And when the catalog, or as they're commonly called, the solicits, uh, first hit the internet, it's a time when new titles are released and lots of news breaks. So with The Pull List, you guys got to reveal a whole bunch of stuff. There's a new Marvel Zombies book, a new Ghost Rider series, and more. You guys should go watch that video on Marvel.com or on the Marvel YouTube or Marvel social media or wherever you watch a video. Yeah, it's uh, Tucker had a lot of fun. For the previous episodes, he tends to like structure them, and he comes up with all kinds of fun gags. Uh, I threw out an idea for our November Thanksgiving one, so... We'll see. Ooh. We'll see. Um, But that's a wrap for the hype this week because so much is coming out of Comic-Con. Remember to check your feed all weekend long. uh, We're going to have those bonus episodes dropping periodically. Um, Yeah, every day. It's going to be great. Yeah, and if you're coming to Comic-Con, come find us. Yeah, we, we've got to, we're going to have full schedules up on our social media of the the panels and the stage events and all the the places that we're going to be where we can high five you guys and, and say hello. Uh, and of course, there's our panel, which will have already happened by the time this goes out, right? Maybe. Yeah. So hopefully, we saw some of you at the panel. Fui, fui, fui. Uh, you know, if the panel already happened, that's history. You know oh, what else is history? Boy, this a segue? week in Marvel history. We are talking about events from the week of July 19th through the 25th across 80 years. We're going to start with July 23rd, 1956, because Battleground number 14 is released. Everybody knows Battleground number 14. Well, it from seems From 1956, like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually really important because it features Jack Kirby's first Marvel art since Marvel Mystery Comics number 28 from February 1942, at least according to all the research that I did, which I did a lot of earlier this year. Wow. That uh, took him 14 years to come back. He was a little busy, Lorraine. Yeah. yeah. No judges. No. I would never judges. Yeah. Uh, all right. July 20th, 1971. Uh, I just had to correct a previous date or in a recent episode. Um, we had talked about the Defenders coming together for the first time in Marvel feature number one. Um, but the date is in July, not when I originally had it in June. Um, we have a lot of people working on a spreadsheet and I have to correct things. And I don't see them until I get to the right date. And then I correct it. Here I did. I corrected it. Good job. Thanks. Um, July 22nd, 1975, Marvel Presents Number 1 introduces Ulysses Bloodstone. I love that guy. And that's fine. He's fine, I guess. I like him. He's good. He's like a big chesty man. He does wear his... He's like deep V in it. Yeah, he wears his button down in a deep V to show you the giant gem just like jammed into his chest. He's a gem daddy. Right? My favorite. Um, but his daughter Elsa is where the real magic is. I 100% support that. But she doesn't debut until the year 2001. Yes, it's true. 
Oh, almost two years to the day after the previous issue of the series was released, Warlock number nine comes out, but Warlock has been appearing in the pages of Strange Tales in the interim, having been brought back to glory by Jim Starlin. And in this first Warlock proper issue by Starlin, he introduces the in-betweener, a cosmic being who wears a neat little black and white kimono type thing and is part of the cosmic abstract, part embodiment of imposing forces. He works with chaos and order, so it tracks. He's... What a kook. He's just the in-betweener. He's like, I'm always torn. Oh, what do I want to eat? I'm so in-between decisions. Oh, (laughs) in-betweener. I wish he was Eeyore. I guess that would just be more sad. Uh, July 19th, 1977, Gladiator and the Shi'ar Imperial Guard debut in Uncanny X-Men number 107 by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. I love them. Gladiator is like a man who is super but purple and with a space mohawk and he gets his strength from his confidence and Manu knows he's legit. And now he's the Imperator of the Shi'ar. Uh, Cannonball is married to the current Smasher of the Guard. Uh, Wolverine once stole Guard member Fang's costume. It's bananas. Yeah. There's like just this whole team of really weird cool looking characters with great powers. They were just like great. Let's put them in there. Uh, If we use them, we use them. I love the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. They're super cool. Reading the word Imperator almost broke my brain. (laughs) It's a weird one, but that's what they keep calling him in the books. I was like, okay. All right, Emperor. <laughs> July 24th, 1979, Terex the Tamer debuts in Fantastic Four number 211. He actually starts out as Tyros the Terrible, a real big old jerk face, and is then transformed into Terex, Galactus's new herald. So he's a real jerk face with the power cosmic and a cosmic axe. Smooth move, Fantastic Four. Ooh. July 21st, 1992, Morbius, The Living Vampire Number 1 by Len Kaminsky and Rob Wagner is released. The series would run almost three years, and it was actually how I first got acquainted with The Living Vampire. But this is the super gothy version of Morbius. Where was the deep V? He had just tossed away his beautiful deep V, you know, jumpsuit in favor of leather and straps, and he was all, like, broodier. Very like he was always broody, but now he's broodier. He was hitting up that hot topic. Yeah, the pre whatever. What was pre hot topic? Ninety two. Was there hot topic in nineteen ninety two? I feel like there was. Hmm. Just the beginning. Hmm. The early rumblings of hot topic. Yeah. Uh, but last week we dove a bit into Morbius and his first appearance in the seventies, so I felt it, this one was relevant to include now. Of course. July 22nd, 1992, uh, we've seen some conflicting info, but this date seems to be the home video release because the film may or may not have been in theaters in the U.S. For the Captain America film produced in 1990, it features Matt Salinger, son of author J.D. Salinger as Cap, which is one of my favorite authors of all time. Yeah, when I first started at Marvel, uh, we had... We're like, we could do whatever we want. Let's have an interview with J.D. Salinger's son, Matt Salinger, who played Captain America. That's somewhere in the archives of Marvel.com. Way, 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 way back. Uh, breaking news. We've just got research that has come in thanks to Triple P that Hot Topic started in 1989. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Now everybody is relieved and we all know the truth. Uh, July 19th, 1994, Sync debuts in the pages of X-Men number 36. Now, we talked... Oh, no, spelled differently. Sorry. Me? No. Oh. Mm. 
S-Y-N-C-H. We talked a bit about the Phalanx Covenant and Generation X last episode, and this is another part of that big story. Sync um, actually died by the end of the Generation X run. No! I know. (laughs) Did did not have a a long go of it, five and six years. Um, But he had really cool powers. We could actually duplicate other superpowers uh, of people around him. Then he would have this aura once he became in sync with them. And he could actually, in a lot of cases, use the powers better than the original person. He would sort of figure them out like that would part of his power was like understanding other people's powers better than them. I don't know. It was the 90s. I feel like it was based on me. Yeah. 100%. Ryan, I see all of your powers. You're so powerful. You're going to do them better. (laughs) Hug a cat better than I do. And then I steal all his powers. (laughs) Um, okay, July 19th, 2000. In the year 2000. Uh, the Century first <laughs> appears in The Century Number 1 by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. He's another character who is like a man that is super, but Century is a much darker take on the archetype. Uh, the Golden Guardian of Good is one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel Universe. Um, he at one point ripped Ares, the god of war, in half. Oh, yeah. Uh, like literally like pulled him into... And then dropped him. And uh, that was cool. But he also has a dark side and a secret, which I will not reveal here in case you have not read the Sentry series. This one's really good. Um, But the story posits that Sentry was a huge Marvel hero who was hidden from everyone's memories and reality because there, there was just so much at stake for him to be unleashed. Um, there's also a neat hook in that the character was first revealed as if he'd been a Marvel character created by Stan Lee decades before, but was uncovered. Basically, like they found sketches for this character in a drawer. And it was revealed in the pages of Wizard Magazine as like, check out this new Marvel hero. It was actually an old Marvel hero. Um, it was a actually really clever way for Marvel to work with the press and reveal this. Think about this, too. This is the beginning of the Marvel Knights time. This is Joe Quesada, Jimmy Palmiotti saying, we've got to pull out all the stops. We've got to do cool stuff. We've got to find ways to get people supercharged and excited. And they did. I remember, like, there was a furor over this. People were like, oh, who's the Sentry? Um, There's some really great Sentry stories out there. This one, there's the, like, Age of the Sentry story, which basically does like really goofy type Silver Age stories with Sentry. Um, and there was a Sentry series from within the last year. Yeah. All really good. Uh, definitely check them out. Yeah, and finally, July 22nd of 2011, Marvel Studios' Captain America, the first Avengers, uh, punches Hitler right in the face at theaters everywhere. Can we say that? Why not? Great. That's in the movie. Yeah, it does. He, he punches Hitler in the face. Like, he there's a line. He says, I've punched Hitler in the face over 200 times. Yeah, that's true. It's a show, Hitler. Yeah. But, you know, you got to do eight shows a week. He's like a regular James Monroe Eigelhart. Yes, he is. And they both can sing their hearts out. All right. That is our history for the week. Of course, if you want to read a lot of these comics, this will be linked up on Marvel.com in the following days uh, with links to the uh, digital comics and more. Big yawn. <laughs> uh, we got to move on. The top books from this week's episode of Marvel's The Pull List are Immortal Hulk number 21, Secret Warps Ghost Panther Annual number one, Silver Surfer Black number two, and Superior Spider-Man number nine. You should subscribe to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcasts and watch video versions on Marvel.com for friendship and for love. Yeah, all of that. 
Uh, before we go on to our interview this week, just want to give a shout out to the Woj Pod uh, to get the inside scoop on all the biggest NBA news with the biggest names in the game. You join ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski for the Woj Pod. You got in-depth conversations, breaking news reactions, analysis, coverage of the biggest events on the NBA calendar, as well as occasional deep dives into some of the most notable events in NBA history. The Woj Pod is the must-listen for NBA fans available wherever you get your podcasts. But you know what I think is must-listen to? This interview with Jonathan Hagman right now. Listen to it, suckers. (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan, you ready? Sure. (laughs) I like that. That was not rapid at all. You're ready for this. Uh, You are writing... House of X, Powers of Ten, and some of that may be part of these questions. We'll see. First up, House of X and Powers of Ten, what do those titles mean? House of X is, uh, you know, it's uh, the House of Xavier, kind of mirroring back to Venice's House of Magneto, House of M, right? Powers of Ten is a play on a, a movie that's about constantly expanding scale, you know, Times one, times two, times three. The powers of yeah, ten. Yeah, Is this an alternate reality story? It is not. Will you be creating... Thank God. Thank God it is not. <laughs> yeah. No, this is for realsies. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write this question. I'm going to tell you that right now. Will you be creating more maps and charts? Maybe. Who is your favorite college football team? Clemson University. Uh, I went to Clemson, so I'm a Tiger. What was your first job? I was a janitor. Where? For what? Uh, I, for a guy who serviced a bunch of different places. And so at night we would go and clean all of these awful, awful bathrooms uh, at a bunch of different industrial places. It was the worst job ever. I was saving up for skateboard money. <laughs> nice. Do you eat kale? No. What is the biggest non-comics influence on your work? Uh, probably graphic design, uh, you know, and there's tons of people there, but, um, you know. What's your favorite summer activity? Oh, I like to uh, hang out by the pool with my kids and, and my wife. That's always nice. It's great. What's better, watching movies at home in the privacy and, and luxury of your house or at the theater, big screen? Going to see a movie on the big screen the last night it is playing so there's almost no one in there. <laughs> Best of both worlds. That's exactly right. All right. How long does it usually take you to complete one issue? Two weeks. Two weeks. How are House of X and Powers of Ten related? Uh, they're two different halves of the same story. So while they are different stories, by the end they collide and become the same story. All right. We've got a couple few X-Men in our stable of characters. How many X-Men will be showing up in this event, approximately? Uh, about 92, I think, was what we counted out. So, What about Villainous Mutants? About 91. Oh. So. <laughs> Do you consider Professor Xavier a hero or a villain? I, I would consider him a hero. Uh, who He's a man, but he's a, he's a pragmatist. He does things he has to do. What about Magneto? I would say that he is a villain- but he does things he has to do, right? So, yeah. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Fried chicken. It would be fried chicken. Hell yeah. It's, I, I can't escape the South. 
I am what I am. <laughs> uh, is there a story idea from your childhood that you've always wanted to write, or have you already written it? No, those those ideas were bad. <laughs> that's, some, that's some advice for for one of you writers out there. Uh, throw away the childish things, you know. So, um, no, they were terrible. Who has the best beard in comics? It's Jason Aaron, but I don't want to say Jason Aaron because the heck with that guy. Yeah. Um, it's Chip Zdarsky, Ben. <laughs> Who has the best hair in comics? Um, not me. <laughs> it's definitely not me. Uh, good Lord. Uh, I don't know. It would have to be an artist. I've, I've seen some glorious manes, but I, I can't pick anybody out right now. Sure. Should non-mutants be allowed to join the X-Men? Absolutely not. What is your favorite X-Men storyline of all time? Uh, it would probably be, it was during Age of Apocalypse, and it was that Generation X, Generation Next story that Bachalo drew uh, that was, um, I, it still holds up. I read it not too long ago. I, I love that story. Chris was on something else at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was always Chris, but he was becoming... Or Chris, you know, so. Yeah. What should readers check out before picking up House of X? Nothing. You don't have to read anything before House nice. of X or Powers of Ten. So. Perfect. Plants or pets? Which do you prefer? The plants all die. <laughs> the, so it's pets. Pets also die? Yeah, but, you know, on a lot uh, longer timeline with me, right? <laughs> the plants die in a month. The pets, you know. Okay. At least a decade, man. We're, I'm a good pet pet parent. Good. So, what's your favorite season of the year? Winter. What is your favorite sport to watch? Uh, people would probably think I would say soccer, but it's college football. It's it's uh, it's uh, more. It's uh it's got higher highs. So, hmm. uh, which is your favorite X Men movie? The second one, X Men X two X two X two is yeah. my I think my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, That's when Magneto uh, tells Pyro, ask him what his real name is, right? That's that one? Yeah. That one, yeah. Who did you play as in the classic X-Men arcade game? Oh, Wolverine, right. Why Wolverine? Uh, I, you know, I'm not a big I – didn't, I didn't go to the arcade a lot and drop the quarters, you know, because I, I saved my money for comics, right, <laughs> as, as you were supposed to do. Uh, but uh, it just seemed intuitively like he would do the most damage, right? So – who is the most underrated X-Men character? Uh, Cypher, probably. Which X-Men superpower would you most like to have? Uh, good question. Um, probably Magneto. Also, also the outfit and the hair. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, the whole bit. Yeah. You'd be, you'd rock that cape real well. There you go. Which X Men has the worst superpower? Gold Balls has the worst superpower. Okay. Have you ever broken a bone? Uh, yes, in my hand, a finger. How old were you? Uh, I was nineteen. I got it caught in a guy's shirt in a soccer match, and it just bent all the way back. Oof. So. Oof. Uh, finally, last question: What is your favorite Indiana Jones movie? The best movie is the first movie. My, my favorite movie is the third movie because he's got his dad in it, right? 
uh, and you find out that the dog was named Indiana, right? So Last Crusade is kind of a perfect movie. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys have to check out House of X, Powers of Ten by Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva, and Pepe Larraz, Marte Gracia, the whole team. So good. So excited. Thank you, Jonathan. Anytime. All right. Uh, big thanks to Jonathan. That was a little fun rapid fire. We're seeing him at Comic-Con. Uh, lots of stuff coming out of this. Yeah, we teased something, maybe, during the Marvel's The Pullist video version that we, we talked about earlier in the show. House of X number one is great. Comes out July 24th. Powers of Ten number one is coming a week later. And then on and on we go. Yeah. Also, I have a question of the week this week. Do it. What mutant has meant the most to you. Ooh. Hashtag This Week in Marvel, or you can uh, email us your questions, twimpodcast at marvel.com, or, you know, just send us a message on our Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. I assume yours will be Wolverine, based on uh, our conversation, or not. Or is it Kitty? No, I would say Wolverine. Hmm. I would say we have a lot of differences emotionally. Hmm. No, disagree. I, <laughs> I will stab a person. Yeah. You were going to curse right there. Yeah, it, was it was great. It was really good. I have to stop myself all the time. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Uh, that's a great question. Um, how did you phrase it exactly? It means mutant- the most to me? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Gamble. Yeah, um, Gamble. You little bit of Gamble, my friend. I'm just loving it. Go Gambit. down to the bayou. <laughs> uh, yeah, means the most to me is, you know, Wolverine is up there. I think he means a lot because of connections to my love of the fandom, to experiences in my life. Um, I think Kitty means a lot just from a, like, storytelling perspective. She was always – she was us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we associated with her so much as the kid being part of these stories um, to a lesser extent Jubilee later on. I guess, yeah, I guess it would be Wolverine. Um, it's a tough one because it's not like who's your favorite uh, or who's the best, but like who means the most to you. It's a really good question. Yeah. So answer it, suckers. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Uh, and then we are going to have a future question of the week coming in here, I think, because we've got a great email from one of our longtime listeners, RP67. I'm going to read this email here. They say, hey, everyone, I've noticed a lot of great changes. Now, I haven't listened in a while. Life happens. L-O-L. But... From a new theme song to Lorraine being on the show now, great addition, and all these other spinoffs that I'm still hearing about, finding time to hear and watch all of these other things is another story, but great. Anyway, so I have a great story to tell, he says. My wife has never watched anything Marvel before we got together. She watched all the shows and movies with me. She also listened as I talked any cool stories that I read, so not sure if she was just being nice LOL. I love the use of LOL in this email. It makes me so happy. Uh, He says, anyway, I was wearing my Black Bolt hat and my brother-in-law asked me what my hat was all about. I tried to explain who Black Bolt was and what his powers are. I guess I was not the best at explaining this because my wife came out of nowhere and said, if he even whispers, everything gets destroyed. And so um, RP67 says, I grabbed my wife's hand, looked into her eyes and told her, I love you. And he calls this a Marvel moment, uh, which I think is great. Um, and he asks, what was a Marvel moment for each of us? Um, so something that like, just, you know, like made you feel the good feels made you feel the good feels about Marvel. Yeah. I will say I at New York Comic Con, maybe a year or two ago, 
I had three or four little girls come up to me in Marvel costumes and just want to chat with me and like gave me big hugs. And I feel like I meet so many adults who love comic books, but it was really cool to me that I felt like I was having an impact on somebody's life who was like me. I'm like getting a little <coughs> feelings. Um, but something about it was like very magical. Yeah. One that didn't happen to me, but that I remember watching was that video of the Captain America at Disneyland signing with the the young fan who comes up and like obviously can't hear or is like using ASL. And just that moment was so wonderful and unscripted and pure and like special. I thought that was a beautiful Marvel moment. Um, there's these two girls who will go to C2E2. Who are just the best? They're oh, these yeah. these two young ladies. Uh, we've seen I've seen them two years in a row. They asked about you last time um, mm. I was there, but like talking with them and then them like explaining characters to me and telling me about you know their favorite things and they're showing me the drawings that they did of all the Agents of the Shield characters or of us and it's like that's such a like that's a Marvel moment to me. Yeah, and I think it's going to be different for everybody, which is neat. Yeah, T- tell us your Marvel moments too. We'll take it all. Yeah, we want them. Yeah. All right. Another P.S. Lumpy Tuna. How did you leave that out? Oh, right. So Lumpy Tuna goes way back. I used to throw in disgusting food things and had people tweet them uh, and use the hashtag, and then I would send them stuff. Uh, I'll send I'll send you something, Buffy Paisan. <laughs> Delicious Lumpy Tuna. All right. Uh, RP67 said... Can't wait for Ultimate Alliance 3. I bought a Nintendo Switch just for the game. Hashtag shut up and take my money. I feel so seen by this tweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be good. Karis Pollard says, but this week in Marvel of the week goes to Avengers. Avengers in a hot tub. And alongside those glorious images, there's plot moving forward and some really moving insights into all of the Avengers. How Jason Aaron can fit so much into a book and be great is an ongoing mystery. Indeed. A journey into mystery. Oh, very nice. Very nice. He writes Thor, too. Remember that, guys? Did you get it? Oh, boy. I think we have to end the episode. I think that's a good place to end it. I hope you guys enjoy Comic-Con stuff. Uh, Tweet us if you are watching us. um, And, you know, say hi if you're going to be there. And say Triple P loves ham. Yes. Yes. Enjoy the bonus episodes. We'll be back with a regular one next week. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. 